2: Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. It is a Brewers Outlet Friday here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Macatrello here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new, pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury or sunburymotors.com and of course every Friday show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket imports, domestics microbrews, water soda, snacks, they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none, all at Brewers Outlet Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, stock up, big one tomorrow at Christie, Bucknell, and Holy Cross. Or, and or, I should say, gear up for the spring practice game tomorrow, right here on WKOK from Beaver Stadium. It's a big college football weekend in the Valley. Yes, in the middle of April. I love it. So, stock up. Baseball in full swing. Funny reasons to stock up, but with our friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Boy, do we have a show for you today? I care. I've been waiting for this all week. And he'll be joining us in about 20 minutes from now. And that is the voice of Bucknell Football, Doug Birdsong. Song. He's going to join us at 335 today with the You never know what's going to be said based on everything that we've talked about with Doug before, off air, and through his texts and emails, and of course the famous sound drops. So he's going to join us for a full segment at 335 today. And of course, to break down the first ever Patriot League championship game tomorrow between the Bison and Holy Cross. So that is at 335 today. 406, we're going to do some Phillies baseball talk with Corey Simon, NBC Sports Philadelphia. And then the King in the final half hour. And we got a new segment we're going to start with him. We're going to not now we're not going to do sports trivia this week. This week we're going to do a segment called What to Watch For kind of a, a steal from what they used to do on Sports Center, but it's kind of our own little shtick on it. So stay, make sure you stay tuned for that at the final part of the show with the King today. So we got a full-blown show here for you today. Now, for the Bison, I might as well throw in my two cents from what I've seen from the Bison this year. This is going to be... Obviously it's the biggest game of the year, but it's also a litmus test to where they stand going into the fall. Because oh I will say this. I mean, you still have a couple of players that we'll have to see if they decide to take the fifth year, and you have all that to consider, of course. But majority of these of this team will be coming back in the fall next year. So you're this this is a good litmus test to see where they are, and then of course if you find a way to win this game, you give the program tremendous momentum, of course, into the offseason, we'll call it, so to speak, shortened offseason, and into next fall. I think they have a decent, a pretty good chance to win this game, and it's going to have to be one. The defense is going to have to continue to do its job, which it has been. I think it will. I'm, I'm expecting a low-scoring game this week, but... The areas that they have to improve upon is the run game a little bit, short yardage, and um, really all different situational football. They were not very good on third down against Fordham. They were not good on third down the week before against Lehigh. Only had a handful of third downs. Fourth downs, too, were not great. Haven't been great overall this year when they've gone for it on fourth down. So it's... The basic situational football is where the had to see big improvement from and also maybe a little more consistency with the run game. Now, the first game against Lafayette is kind of skewed because there was so much success through the air that you really didn't have to go to the run until you were up big late. So in all fairness to that, we've really only gotten a chance to really see the run game two games, really, in this three-game season. Well, this is a Holy Cross team that is going to be very talented. Both sides of the ball. They're well-coached. Of course, head coach Bob Chesney Jr. is a Mount Carmel native. His dad, of course, did tremendous things with that program before his son took over. So it's going to be a very competitive game tomorrow. And I think it's going to be a good one for sure at Christie for those that can make it out. But if not, if you can't, 100.9 The Valley is your home with Doug and Kevin tomorrow. And we look forward to having Doug on the show to get his perspective on that a little bit later on but even if you lose this game from where this program was they've already made tremendous steps forward into next fall when you could finally get the first the, the second full season in the Dave Jaquinni era and even offensively you're starting to see what a Dave Jaquinni offense looks like the kind of concepts and and things he wants to establish the, the creativity in the passing game—it's a little bit up up tempo, so to speak. He's still, he's been able to use multiple quarterbacks, and we'll see what the quarterback situation looks like in the fall because Logan Biddeford is a senior; he'll get the start tomorrow. So there's there's still win or lose a lot of good things heading in the program, in, in, in the future of this program. Because Dave Giacchini's been doing a good job, especially seeing what we've been seeing on the offensive end and the defensive end, too. Uh, This has been probably... And the defensive line was really good last year, and it's been really good in years past, but this is probably the most athletic I've seen that defensive line in terms of the amount of turnovers it's created, many different batted balls in the air, you had many different guys contributing and stopping the run, and getting pressure on the quarterback. Simeon Page tomorrow, by the way, can pass can can pass for the all-time career sacks leader at Bucknell. He's got 25 and a half sacks coming into tomorrow, and I I think he'll have a very good chance to break that. So, very excited to see what happens tomorrow. By the way, in case those that didn't see that earlier this week, Bucknell alum Abdullah Anderson signed with the Steelers earlier this week spent some time with the Bears I believe mostly on the practice squad I think he may have gotten called up a couple of times to the active game day roster in Chicago but he signed with the Steelers earlier this week for those that missed that so we'll see what AA can do in the black and gold out there so that's very exciting to see And then the last thing before we go to break and work on our connection here with Steve. Peter King, and we'll try to see if we can get him on the show next week, had some very interesting comments to NBC Sports Philadelphia's Eagle Eye podcast saying that he was surprised by Carson Wentz's behavior throughout the whole entire process of last year, ever since really the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. He called it mind-boggling, was the exact words he used. Very, very interesting. He's been the only person, I believe, in the media that has not criticized the Eagles in drafting Jalen Hurts. And if you want to criticize the way he might have handled certain things, we don't know. We will never know really how it was inside. But you can tell Carson Wentz had, really has been had been pressing, really since the Super Bowl because he still had Nick Foles behind him in 2018. He's had the injuries, and then of course Jalen Hurts gets drafted, so you add that to the mix. Which I still I still kind of put the blame on the front office and and Doug P for that. And I've said that numerous times so that I still really I don't really agree with Peter King on that front. But it is interesting to, to see to maybe hear this kind of perspective on maybe Carson maybe could have handled it better. And every any time these issues come up, it, there's always two sides to it. There's always fault on both sides. So It's I thought those were very interesting comments. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later on too. But we'll take our first break. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, here on News Radio 1070, WDKOK.
1: taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motor studio here's steve jones to celebrate the suits return to the valley let's all go to brewer's outlet reagan street in sunbury the beverage supermarket Imports, domestics, microbrews best selection of beer anywhere. Wine Coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street and of the beverage supermarket. Let's hoist a few in his honor. It is a pleasure for me to be joined by someone I have immense respect for in this profession, but also away from the profession, too. Doug Birdsong, my friend. Oh, my almighty!
0: (laughs) 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 The feeling is mutual, Steve. I tell you, I have to get a kick out of each time you and Matt get to play those things. If nothing else, it makes sure, I guess you make sure that people are listening. If they aren't listening, they'll certainly wake up from a very deep slumber. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Nobody does it with the passion you do, my friend uh, So let, let's let's get to this championship game I, I asked Dave Cicchini this the other day And I realize that the way a schedule plays out right now It is difficult to do this But how would you feel about, like the Big Ten does The Patriot League having a championship game every year If it were to be worked out in the schedule?
0: I think it would be neat. I know talking to our guys, they love it that they are doing this this year um, because typically in a year where you only have seven teams now in the spring, Georgetown has opted out. And Coach uh, Cicchini, I heard your great interview with Coach Chakini here uh, earlier this week, and they opted out of the spring. Uh, but we normally only have seven teams. I tell you, the Patriot League office has tried and tried to get. Villanova to join or Richmond to join, Um, those two in particular. There are a lot of other schools like Duquesne which would love to join. I don't know if our our coaches are ready for that because you know, their academics are good. I don't know if they completely match with what the Patriot League schools do, um, but Richmond's definitely does. Villanova's definitely does. Um, And there are a couple others out there, William & Mary, which was an original member of the Colonial League before joining the Patriot League. But our guys really love this because typically in a regular season, you're out of the championship if you lose a game. You lose two, forget about it. Um, Here, you know, granted, it could be the same way, but but they lost a game here to Fordham last week, but they won the games they needed to in their South division with Lafayette and Lehigh, and thus in the championship game. So I think the kids would like it. I just don't know how feasible it would be with just seven teams. I think right. you would need maybe ten to have two sets of five each or whatever and Of course, if the Patriot League ever did lure. Uh, Richmond or Villanova for football only in the Patriot League. Well, those are two Southern teams. So how do you split things up? That may make it a little bit more difficult.
1: All right, so now let's get to the Fordham game itself. Uh, I think to a watchful eye such as yourself, I think you understood what was going on. Dave Giacchini played players and made sure they were sharp, but he also saved them a little bit for this week, didn't he?
0: did. We had a, guy, a bunch of linemen beaten up in that Lehigh game. So in the Lehigh game, we played without our starting center from the Lafayette game, Jacob Russ. Um, and then we got more guys banged up in that Lehigh game. That Lehigh defense is really physical. So against Fordham, our offensive line consisted of two starters, one of which P.J. Bard, all Patriot League picked this year and last fall in well 2019. Um, he was playing scissor he had played every position at Bucknell, left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard, had never played center. And you could see he struggled a little with the snaps and the shotgun and, and all of that. Um, so it's amazing, if you ask me, that we were able to hang as closely as we did with what I consider in Fordham the most talented team. And I think this has been the case for probably eight or nine years now in the Patriot League, a team in Fordham, offense defense special teams which i believe could compete with the you know probably the sixth well maybe the eighth through the 20 top teams in all of fcs talent wise they just don't seem to get it done on the field as often as they probably want to or or should um so but talent wise uh, it's amazing we hung in there now it kind of helped that their great quarterback at threw a ball right to our linebacker, Rick Bottram, that set up a, a tying touchdown late in the first half, and and then Bucknell had a chance. or <laughs> and I was talking to our coaches in the booth as they were coming back, getting ready for the second half, Steve, and they were saying, wow. You know, they kind of felt that way down at Fordham in the Bronx back in 2019. With all the talent Fordham had, we were right in that game, um, and we were missing a bunch of people back in the fall of 2019 with injuries too, and yet, you know, Uh, Fordham did come rise to the occasion there. But uh, we had a chance, and Logan Biddecoffer had a a pass intercepted basically in the end zone on a great interception, if you ask me, by an all-Patriot League linebacker, Glenn Cunningham, for Fordham. Then he threw a pick six. And at that point, now we're down. We were tied 17-17, down 24-17 after that pick six. And then Coach Cicchini really kind of subbed in a lot of young guys who got a lot of valuable experience. I heard sure. Matt earlier in the show saying could pay dividends in the fall.
1: No question. And that is that is part of this. And I think he was smart about that because in the fall they will be needed. What kind of progress have you seen in the three games from Logan Biddecoffer?
0: Well, I'm a little concerned about what happened in that Fordham game. I'll have to be honest with you. That first pick, again, I thought it was just a great pick. And I haven't talked with the coaches nor Logan. I I talked to Logan at practice this week, but just – he's from New Philadelphia, Ohio. I lived – about 30 minutes south of there in Cambridge for 11 years and called some games up at New Philly, not when he was there, of course. but um, So I know that area. But uh, I just kind of share pleasantries with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, That second pick, the pick six, he kind of did what Demorat did to Rick Motram. He threw right to the guy. Now, it could have been the receiver ran the wrong route because we didn't have our starting receivers in then. Um, He was under a little bit of pressure. It was a long throw, left hash mark to the right hash mark, wide side of the field. Um, But the guy broke on it nicely, and it was all nobody in front of him. So it was an easy interception for a pick six. That concerns me. Um, I don't know if Karen Earl will be able to go uh, tomorrow, That concerns me because I've never seen in that Lafayette game and even portions of the Lehigh game, Steve, I've never seen two quarterbacks do so well. And, and it, you know, sometimes if you play a second quarterback, one's going to be a designated running quarterback not necessarily throwing. Karen Earl was anything but that. Um, but he was banged up pretty badly in the Lehigh game, didn't play at all against Fordham. That concerns me there. Um, I do believe Bucknell was better than Holy Cross. I think that this team in the, in the fall was, as uh, Coach mentioned this, has a chip on its shoulder. These guys believe they're the best team. They were picked last in the spring poll. Believe me, this team is so hungry. And this program is so hungry for a championship
1: yeah no question you've seen a lot of really good receivers in your time in the Patriot where does a guy like Sanders rate for you as a, as a, as a league wide receiver he has the
0: size he has the speed And I'll tell you, in the spring practices before the games actually began and Bucknell's season was pushed back because of some uh, virus situations there on campus, not on the football team, and he was catching everything, everything that was thrown to him either by Bittekop or Earl or our two freshman quarterbacks. He was going down to his ankles to grab. He was diving to grab. He has the best hands I've seen. And Bucknell has had some good receivers, um, but he has the speed. He has the ability to make moves, and he has the hands. Uh, You know, when Bucknell played Temple, I asked Coach Cicchini, of all the players in this Bucknell team, who could compete you know, right now with the the athletes Temple has and he said immediately Brandon Sanders, and I believe him. I think he's going to get a look. I don't know if he's going to ever make an NFL roster but I believe he'll get a look. Now Question is: Will he transfer somewhere else next year for his senior year? He actually, I guess, would have two years of eligibility. Yeah, you know, who knows? Um, I know some of the coaches probably wishing this. Some of the other coaches in the Patriot League have told our coaches, you "Better watch." You know, he may transfer. Any may. That's today's day and age. You never know.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> you don't think I, I sit here and check every? Okay, look, Lundy's back. Hey, hey, what about here? Yeah. and I uh, say it's. it's, it's, it's you know, Brad Davidson decided to come back to Wisconsin. I'm not going to give you the text change that Dick and I had about that one. All right. So, <laughs> the, uh, I've been impressed uh, by the Bucknell defense because I just think they hunt the ball so well. Is this a case of the athletes matching the philosophy right now?
0: What's incredible, if you ask me, Steve, is Bucknell lost its defensive coordinator right before spring practices began.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ryan Manilak left to take the uh, linebacker's position at the University of Pittsburgh. And Isaac Collins, who was our defensive back coach in the fall of 2019, has been a head coach, has been a defensive coordinator before. Um, he had left coaching. But Coach Chicchini was able to talk him back into coming back, and I tell you, this defense has it lost to beat. I know Coach Manilak; I'm sure, is super excited about him, all these guys. Um, but Coach Collins is just, he is quiet. He's completely the opposite of Coach Manilak. completely the opposite. He's quiet, right. but it, it, inside intensity. And the guys have just, they have they're a veteran group, so it didn't stun them. I mean, we have some freshmen playing well, but for the most part, our defense is junior and senior laden. And that, it was that defense that really kind of was the impetus for all of our guys to go into this spring hoping we would have a spring season because they felt like they could win a championship here at Fussell.
1: All right, so Holy Cross has played twice. And, of course, because of COVID, they couldn't play the third one through. Uh, they haven't lost 2-0. and So what's your read on this team and what will be the important factors tomorrow? The offense
0: for Holy Cross has struggled, winning 20-3 to at Lehigh in the first game, uh-huh. that had a lot of mistakes. Now, granted, it was the very first game and all this COVID stuff. It was on the road. So Coach Shakini mentioned to you earlier that just throws a whole other subset into things and with all the protocols you have to make. Um, their quarterback, who threw for back in the fall of 2019, almost 300 yards against us, Connor yeah. Degenhardt, um, yep. he looked shaky, and he didn't look much better in the first half against Fordham. Uh, he didn't look very good in either half against lehigh and he didn't look very good in the first half against fordham so the coaches for holy car coach chesney who matt mentions local guy from colt Mine, his dad all-time great coach in the area uh, they chose to go with a freshman and that kid really did a great job mainly running the ball matthew Sluka, Sluka, the freshman out of new york state ran for 151 yards in one half rushed for two tds threw a very short touchdown pass. He threw three times, completed two of them. So the question is, who starts? You know, Coach Cicchini thinks it'll be Dagan Hart. I do, too. He's the senior. Um, he's been through all those. But I would not be surprised to see Sluka come in, maybe in the first series, certainly in the second series. And I don't. it'll be interesting to see, do they let him pass or do they strictly keep him as a pretty much a runner? Um, you know, that's always, when you have that quarterback who could run now you're down a man defensively so you better make sure you tackle well and Bucknell has last week had a little trouble against Fordham because Fordham just does a great job spreading you out with its passing game um but uh that'll be interesting to see how Bucknell handles that quarterback situation plus uh Ayer Asante an all-patriot league receiver um has had only had only played in the Lehigh game uh Spencer Gilliam only played in the I game very sparingly. Both those guys, according to the depth chart, if you believe that, are supposed to be able to start uh, tomorrow. That'll be key, because it'll get more weapons for either Dagonard or Sluka. Uh, they are three uh, again, if you believe the two deep. Uh, Brian Foley, they're all Patriot League left tackles. It's not listed anywhere, um, so I don't know if he's out or not. Supposedly is That could be big. A uh, defense, I think the Holy Cross defense is really good. Nothing spectacular. Yeah. Very similar to Buck Dill's defense, Steve. Uh, ball hawking, um, coming right after you, physical, aggressive. Uh, doesn't make, they don't make many mistakes. They won't give up the big play, so you're going to have to move down the field and not make a mistake yourself. But the key may well be the special teams. Holy Cross has the best special teams in the league. Mm -hmm. I think that in fall 2019 this year, their place kicker kicked a 51-yard field goal on the grass at Lehigh in game one. They blocked a punt for a touchdown in the first half against Fordham. Only score touchdown in that first half, trailed 14-13 at home to Fordham a few weeks ago. So that's going to be key. The return game is good, you know, good. Uh, but their punt-blocking team is really good. The place-kicking team is very good. Their punter, a, a young guy, Hogney, does a good job.
1: Yeah, and the uh, Holy Cross, now it's only been two games, but the Holy Cross defense has only given give up six rushing first downs in those two games. It tells you something. It Doug, Doug, always a pleasure. Uh, appreciate it. You'll have a great broadcast tomorrow, One thirty, the airtime. 2 o'clock will be the kickoff with a Patriot League championship on the line and uh, you will rise to the occasion. Uh, all my best uh, your uh, my good friend. It was great to have you on the show. You sir are my
0: hero. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be bringing my beach towel for Kevin to use.
1: Well, it's look, <laughs> uh, it's it's unbelievable. When you sit back and you like you probably were immersed in video Practice all week. I mean immersed. I think I'd be fair to say, right? Charts? I, I
0: was. I'll have to admit I did have the subtle sounds on my phone when I was at practice of beach noise in the background though, just to you know make sure I didn't get too pumped up too soon.
1: Well, I mean everybody paces themselves getting ready for games. <laughs> And then there's a pace unlike any other. (laughs) A pace that just screams commitment to the broadcast. (laughs) (laughs) Doug, thanks. Good luck tomorrow.
0: Thank you very much for having me on. Steve, I head back. You all take care.
1: Doug Birdsong. expected, obviously, to carry the broadcast (laughs) I'm watching to get back (laughs) oh boy the soothing sounds meanwhile middle of the second quarter while Doug's broadcasting away the analyst is thinking about these sounds and nodding off. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by what you'd love to have at the shore Brewers Outlet
0: patronage.